Happy Socksmas! The Grog Pod! You're listening to another episode of the, well, the Grog Pod, meaning the Going Rogue Gaming Podcast, a podcast about roguelikes and grog potting. Uh, I am uh, your your host, uh, Sergeant Gunny Scott Berger. And like always, I'm joined with my rogues gallery of co-hosts. I'm your scion, Will Wright. And I am uh, weird, some sort of space dolphin, uh, Colin Smith. (laughs) Today, we are talking about uh, space dolphins in the the roguelike game, Sword of the Stars, The Pit, developed and published by Kerberos Productions, released February 21st, 2013 for Windows Mac with an asterisk associated with it, because I'm not sure if it's actually fully supported on Mac anymore. And I'm just going to assume it's supported on Linux, because that's what it says on the store page uh this game pulls in at at pretty well i guess i don't know pretty high for the five fifty five hundred games in the roguelike database that we have now because i just refreshed it a couple days ago pulls in at a screaming 326 on the most popular spectrum with 1000 yeah like believe well uh, again i think it's because recency bias and there's just like an insane velocity of shovelware like like blasting onto steam every day that like almost all roguelikes ever released on steam have been released in i don't know maybe like the past like year maybe 18 months um which would track and with this game being you know a 2013 kind of almost we're coming close to 10 years on it now amazingly yeah um having it be still in like the top so this one comes in at the 326th most reviewed roguelike with 1455 total reviews clocking in unsurprisingly at the 91st percentile of of all reviewed uh, roguelike games on steam um yeah like the, it doesn't shock me that this one has kind of sat well we say that like it's at the top but that 300 layer I guess I could look up and see what what some of its contemporaries yeah. are, but like that's that's funny because I would say that it's not at the top. I'd say that it's actually in the pit, which <laughs> as is, as its namesake. I mean, okay, so let let's start off. With, I didn't really <laughs> like this game, but I can see I, I read through a bunch of the reviews on Steam, and mm-hmm. a lot of them are from like 2013 to 2015, and they're talking about how like this is a well polished version of the like. ASCII style roguelikes and so if that's what you're comparing it against if it's like this is one of the first roguelikes with true graphics and sound and like Mm -hmm. voice acting and stuff on steam like that's going to influence like they're comparing it to different games than we are uh and it is there's some fun flavor in in it so I could see people and people seem to get really, really into the like the like mechanics of the runs and like this is probably this is probably our roguiest roguelike we've played since Dreadmore, yeah? Yeah, I would say for sure. This this is definitely the the traditional roguelike end of the spectrum, despite the Maybe. fact that it has graphics. Uh, but it's it's that turn-based, grid-based procedural level generation permadeath dungeon crawler that that we kind of expect to to encounter with something that's called specifically like a traditional roguelike i think like 
as as we do more games we'll come to see that this uh like what is a roguelike that'll that will be a kind of corrupted term but uh but yeah i think like well okay so let's let's back up a bit colin one sentence what is what does one do in sort of the stars the pit uh shoot weird mutated space rats (laughs) didn't even need a full sentence there (laughs) uh you're trying to get to the bottom of an alien pit and you fight science fiction-y type stuff and you're scavenging off of the materials in this lab pit thing that's one of the things that that kind of jumps out to me is like the title to this game is a little confusing at first i thought okay this is just going to be some like big excavation pit or like a mining pit or like a mortal combat pit like pit has like a very kind of specific uh evocative picture in my mind but in this game like you're 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 dungeon diving right you're dungeon diving yeah. through an alien lab uh but i don't know if like sort of the stars alien lab has a has a better ring to it i mean i do like the name the pit that <laughs> it feels fun to say uh-huh. uh deeply not what that felt like i feel like pit implies digging through ground and this was 100% labs and mechanisms <clears throat> and stuff so yep. pit pits you excavate yeah. labs you don't labs are not in a pit you don't have a bunch of science equipment computers and that kind of stuff in a pit yeah and well like, i guess maybe maybe to be fair like the the very first uh like descending thing that you do in this game i guess you technically kind of go into a pit it maybe that's like the titular pit of the game's namesake but uh but yeah i think like so this game this game starts you out sort of the stars is a it's an extended universe that kind of has existed already with i think some 4x games that this developer had released ages ago um and so it like this game fits in in that kind of universe for better or worse where i think the like the abilities and the alien characters and stuff are all kind of sort of inherited from that previous game as far as i can tell i haven't really done much research onto that that previous game of theirs um but the... So you're talking about like the, the, all the different races and all the different like sort of like classes and things because I noticed there's there's a ton of different like t- characters you can play as. There's so much content yeah. around eh, mechanics, in my opinion. Well, so we were playing the. <laughs> I, I mean, Scott, did we have all of the? Yeah, I had. I don't know what button I accidentally hit uh, in the Steam store, but I think I accidentally got like the definitive edition that includes ah, like, that might everything. Be so normally, the, the base game came with only three playable characters. Yes, exactly. Not the uh, twelve that we had access to. Yeah, and those those three, you're kind of like cookie cutter uh, standard archetypes of like um, you have like a marine who's your you know big beefy like attack like low brain. He's your warrior warrior kind of person yeah, yeah. exactly and the uh, um, cleric <laughs> the medic <laughs> actually uh, i don't know what, what are the other two 
Well, well, the medic was one of the expansion ones. The other two, okay. uh, there's a female scout class, and mm. there's the engineer class. And I'm right. I'm using my my mental powers of prediction here to guess that Colin, as our engineer on staff, was legally obligated to play the engineer class. No, I played the uh, psionic space dolphin. Oh, which I I mean that'll get into some of my annoyance. I I after I finished my run. I went back and I looked through the wiki a bunch trying to figure out like what was I supposed to have been doing different here mm -hmm. uh, because uh, spoiler to the end of my first run I starved to death <laughs> like I literally actually you know what that's I that's, could not that's... find I could not find more food and I and I just I I was like starving. And mm -hmm. when you start starving, everything, all your stats go down. And eventually I just, I like, I, I think I technically died of poison, but I was like, it deeply modified how I was playing because I was like, I need to just run as fast as I can and try and like open random boxes and stuff. And uh, it turns out the dolphin uses more food or something. So that might have been like a somewhat atypical uh I, I that might have been like part of playing that class is is that uh you need to like cry for food stuff more but i don't feel like i could have looked for food better mm. so well the just... thing yeah that's that's one of the kind of intrinsic things about this game is that it's meant to have many playthroughs where you're slowly learning recipes and only through learning those recipes do you know how to combine uh, meat with bread to make a sandwich, for instance, or something I, like that. I didn't find a single recipe. Well, yeah, that's because you have, in order to get the recipes, you have to dump all your points into like the hacking for computers. So if you want to, if you want to have the meta progression happen, you have to like basically turn all of your stats away from the combat uh, uh, focus and all of the like kind of like things that help you out into the things that progress the game. And so that's kind of like what is, in my opinion, a fundamental flaw with this kind of game. Yeah. As opposed I, to like running around and picking up a recipe that says, hey, you you figured out how to make a sandwich. Congrats. Right. And then it was funny. Like, I, because I was so pissed off by this mechanic, <laughs> I actually pulled up like, hey, what is it? I, I have all this stuff on me. What can I make with it? I want to be, I had, I need food. Because I, I think like Holland, like I needed food at one point. I think it was my, my, my Marine first run or second run or something. I think I did like four or five runs in the like, almost, like four and a half hours that I played the game. But like, yeah, food was a problem. I'm like, I have the ingredients here to make delicious food. Why can't I? And then you put them into the thing that cooks and it's just like, oh, I'm sorry. You don't, you, that's a valid recipe, but you're, you can't do that. We are blocking you from that. I'm like, wait, that's you can't, wait, you can't do it. You literally unless... cannot, unless you have learned the recipe, which means that you've gone through the hacking fucking computer process. And it's oh, just, that's, I, I just yeah. assumed, I mean, I didn't cook a single thing the whole time I played because I knew the one recipe that you got from the tutorial and I yeah. never found a loaf of bread. I, I turned raw meat into cooked meat. And that was the most yeah. basic thing. <laughs> and I did that. And that was all that I had. And so, uh, yeah, if you came across a bunch of robots in a row, it's just like, okay, those robots fuck you up and you get no food and you just kind of like, mm, you're done. Yeah. I, know, think, Scott? I think one of the things this game does does pretty well, other than like some like, 
head scratching mechanics that I think like maybe at the time people hadn't quite figured out yet uh, is, I don't know, accessibility maybe? And I say that in two in two sort of ways. I say that one, because I have to call out any game that has like a reasonably decent tutorial. Like this game it seemed did, to actually have a, have a great tutorial. tutorial. And that's its um, best feature in my opinion. And, and then the voice <laughs> acting for that tutorial is... That's which which everything. kind of a double-edged sword because i was expecting more of that like right. i was expecting oh you're like you know the the like the voice actor sounded like he was kind of having fun in in the uh the tutorial part uh there's like another person that you're talking with oh like i'm gonna be talking with like some kind of uh team or something and it's gonna be like i think we had the impression that there would be some like maybe more of an element of like starship trooper ziness going on uh, yeah. That never really manifested itself, particularly when people are calling you ape in the tutorial. Big, I think, I, a big plus. That's why we chose this us. game. I'm yeah, exactly. Sure. Yeah. I assumed that there was going to be more allies in it. Because mm-hmm. they, I mean, especially because they, they give you an ally in the, uh, in that, that tutorial. And yeah, yeah I, I mean, I didn't encounter an ally. And I had none. It's definitely not like a core mechanic of the game. Um, just you fighting, fighting stuff. Robots, mm-hmm. robots, a lot of robots, but also were rats or something, whatever <laughs> diseased goo rats. <laughs> I think the the other side of the accessibility bit uh, that I want to touch on a little is I think like the the art and like just like graphical design of this game is actually like pretty good and i would say like it's it, it reminded me a lot of dreadmore when i was playing it dungeons of dreadmore our previous episode uh yeah in the sense that like there's lots of monsters they all look kind of different they're all uh like you know have have like a very sort of interesting cartoony element to them which is you know kind of a little eye-catching maybe a little i don't know like um I'm I'm conflicted because I want to say that the character design is maybe a little bland too because I couldn't really like there wasn't really anything like hooking me per se, um, but you know so you start this game you have options of like tutorial and looking through uh, like stuff that you've unlocked and you know you start this game on kind of like a snowy surface just to kind of get your bearings and there's a a text scrawl about how there's some disease that's broken out you got to go. 30 floors through this dungeon to the bottom to, you know, find the cure that will, that will, you know, destroy all the, all the poison and stuff, but you know, everything in this alien lab is going to kill you. Um, I think like a good enough, a good enough hook to start. Um, but as I was kind of like, you know, running through the halls of like the first few floors of this game, I'm like, okay, I can clearly see what's happening. Uh, not a big fan of door traps, which I think we'll get to in a minute. Yeah. Uh, but like, you know, like, okay, this is, here's, here's my gun, equip gun, use gun on man, like relatively straightforward stuff. Um, and again, like another sort of, you know, accessibility plus I was able to actually get this running on the steam deck at some Mm -hmm. point it did require a lot of tinkering to do. And I don't blame the developers for like, not really caring to put in the effort to make it work. Um, yeah, I mean, but I think this game like played really well in the Steam Deck because like I would just sit there and you know just like watching the news and like okay I'm gonna you know run another floor of this thing and try to use like mind powers and just like you know not really put too much thought into it. 
Um, and that's like maybe where it kind of peaked for me and didn't really go much higher than that. Yeah, yeah, no, it did not go much higher than that at all. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I got 20. I, I didn't realize it was out of 30 floors. I got, like, 20, the low 20s out of the 30 on normal. So I felt like, okay, I'm getting mm. the full experience here. I didn't know what the, you know, I didn't know what was happening other than, like, I'm going to put more points into the rifle because the assault rifle, that was the, the weapon that, like, you could shoot. You Basically, you could engage more targets in one setting, which becomes very important later on. Like early on, melee is great. Yeah, you just stab things and you just like save all your ammo. But like, um, yeah, I don't think there was much more than like once you get the feel of it in the first few uh, uh, floors, it's like it's just more of that. And like you slowly have upgrades, but the like, yeah, you pretty much always you're like, oh, I'm going to upgrade this thing that I'm good at to be good to like there's that's my dumb stat my 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 rifle i need to get better at that you kind of have like your rifle thing and then like it's kind of like just broad categories like choose a weapon specialize in that and then choose a kind of like a lock pick thing which is like mm -hmm. computers or hacking or actual lock picks or whatever and then there's like the auxiliary sort of craft thing that you can do too and so it's like you you try and maximize these three things and you choose one of those like of the many i think there's like 30 or 40 different skill options yeah there's right? there's a crazy amount yeah and right. it's just like i, I as, as someone new to the game it's just like that's too much right out of the gate so um so, maybe yeah i feel like i played a different game than you because <laughs> i started with the psionic dolphin yeah uh, i put no stats in anything except for psionic powers i was just like running around mind blasting things and i was shooting them with my weird dart gun but it, I feel like it was kind of like a, it, I, I liked the, the skill tree for psionics felt pretty good. I wish there was like one or two more damage dealing things. Hmm. Um, but I thought it ran, it was a pretty good, I feel like so often games are like, here's 100 skills. Uh, and this had, it had a lot of skills, but it was a manageable a lot, mm -hmm. and they had pretty, pretty good situational use. So it didn't I didn't feel like I so I feel like a lot of games. Um, what was the one that we played that was the it was like the Diablo style one? Din's Curse. Curse. Yeah, that's the one. Which is basically like, what's the difference between the fire tree and the ice tree? It's like, well, one does fire and the other is icy. <laughs> Like, well, I mean, that was a fun game, but like, there's no, Whoa, real, let's not get carried away. There's, diff, there's no differentiation between it. There's like each of these, like there's like seven psionic skill trees and each mm. one had a pretty different mechanism for how you're doing stuff. So you could like impose madness upon them. Uh, like the, the bionic, like any living living would like go crazy and kill stuff nearby. You could buff yourself. You could shoot a psychic fist at stuff I, I so i i thought that was a it had a better design than i was expecting and i i thought it was pretty good so yeah, yeah. and i and i like played around with a little bit of those maybe a little too late in my run because i was just i was dump stat dumping into like hacking stuff i was doing the scout and i was I was um I was scout pistoling running around and just like trying to be fast. I was trying to use my cogmine strategy of like just outrun everybody. And like that seemed to work pretty well. Um but I was like, oh yeah, there's like this whole psionics thing that I'm not even like touching on at all. And I was a little bummed that like 
the uh I unlocked, I think accidentally, a couple of those psionic abilities by picking up like and it looked like a little like uh like pink sea urchin item that you eat. And the descriptions I think for some of these items are pretty funny. We're like, this is yeah. something that like you eat and then it like goes up your navel nasal cavity and like wraps around your brain stem and lets you like unlock the ability that way. Just fun little flavor text. But like that gave me uh there was one ability that allowed me to like sense enemies through walls, which yeah, was the life sense was very useful. Yeah. I had uh, there was on all the time. Yeah. And there was another one that was like psionic defense that I thought was less useful, but I was like, well, what else is in this tree? And there's like just straight up like an invisibility one. Like, ooh, I want that. Yep. Give me that. But in order to do so, I would have to dump, I don't know, 10, 15 levels worth of points into this thing, as far as I understand it to unlock it and i'm like oh but then i'm gonna like miss out on leveling up all sorts of other stuff and it doesn't feel like a fun uh trade-off in that sense yeah i think if you're gonna do the psychic stuff you basically like you would have to go all in right you just pick a different character to start with (laughs) i just started with invisibility it's fine it's not that good Uh, you don't want to start as a marine and then tech into psionics yeah um too highbrow but i feel like i think my biggest problem with this game was that the choices didn't feel they either didn't didn't feel meaningful or they didn't feel like they were actually choices that i could make like Mm -hmm. so i was like my dolphin boy was starving to death and it wasn't that i could choose to risk more danger to get more food i just like I, I was just going through and like maybe it's because I'm not doing the game right. Maybe it's because I didn't have the recipes unlocked, but I was just unable to make a choice to do more danger to mitigate this thing. Like I wanted to be able to trade safety for food mm-hmm. and could not do so. And it's the same with like all the crafting things. It's like I want to be able to. I have like a bunch of stuff in my inventory that I I can't do anything with. It oh yeah, is there, and so it's like I'm not the 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 trade off I'm making is hold this thing for something maybe in the future that I don't know about, or drop it for some other thing that I also don't know what I might use it for in the future. Uh, and like, yep, that's anti fun, extremely. Yeah. Like and FTL had the same problem too. Like if you just like even thinking about like a simple mechanic of fuel for your ship, like fuel was like kind of food, like what what you're talking about here. Where like yeah, you could like try and like have an excess supply at all points in time. But like if you were just doing the normal thing, like the kind of the optimum amount, there's some probability that you just don't encounter like through all the random encounters because it is perfectly like not perfectly random but like it's very random like you just might not encounter fuel for a while and so like hey for you know in certain a certain percent of your runs 10 percent of your runs to make up a number like you just simply are not going to encounter food for a stretch that will kill the player that is like getting the normal amount that is trying to aim for the normal amount of food to have right but in ftl like you didn't have stat deficits if you ran out of fuel you're just kind of stranded there and well, you that's just a, that's a ma- major stat <laughs> deficit when all that happens is like something comes along to try and kill you and maybe you can kill it and take the few like the three fuel out of it the fuel you're like 
or sometimes you get super lucky, but like that's it's a sim, it's just a similar mechanic where it's just like a, not a fun mechanic, in my view, because it, it kills runs. Like, there's at all points in time, just to have a death happen to your run mm-hmm. or completely seemingly something that you can't really affect aside from to to boost up your your base level of of food or 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 fuel, which on average yeah. is worse. So, I've heard this phrase recently definitely in the post 2013 era but they the idea that health is a resource mm-hmm. um and i like that way of thinking about board games or video games in general and i want the ability to spend my that resource and i was unable to do so like, like trade health for like some trade, other trade health is risk yeah yeah trade health trade safety there was not a don't open this room it's really hard inside but if you do you get like really good stuff in it, it every room felt i mean part part of my criticism of the game was it it just it did feel a little bit samey mm-hmm. all of the rooms were like they had the theme like would be like oh it's a medical room or it's this but they didn't really feel that different from one another I didn't, I didn't ever really feel like I, like, oh, I shouldn't open this door. Yeah. Because there might be a monster zoo on the other side or something. Right. So. A monster zoo. (laughs) Right. Like trying to make a, you're you're trying to make the decision and and it's, you're just kind of running around. And I'm sure that that's somewhat due to inexperience with the game. Like, I bet you that there are. I, I would assume that a, a more optimal strategy in the way I played would be to run around, figure out where the exit is, and then more carefully backtrack through and look at stuff. But mm-hmm. like, I don't like playing games like that. I like, yeah, I, I'm, a, I, I'm a completionist. I want to look in every room and breaking that habit for me, uh, you need to have a, a hard hook to, mm-hmm. to do it the other way. Yeah, there didn't seem to be a really compelling reason why you would want to stay on each floor, except for like maybe XP grinding. Because it was like, okay, I found I found the floor exit. Like the goal of the game is to get to the bottom of the pit and like figure out the mystery and get the ending down there. Like, why am I? What am I sticking around here for? Uh, I feel like other games, like um, even with like Din's Curse, for example, like there might be a mission objective on that floor for you to. Like go and ex- go explore, go find that thing to like do something, and you have, in or at least in Din's Curse anyway, you have like a, a a town portal teleporter that takes you kind of back to your home base to kind of like regroup and reset, uh, get your bearings again. Um, even even like you know Dreadmore, you know you could you have the ability to like go down to a floor and then come back up to the floor that you were previously on and kind of like safe space it there a little bit. Um, and even Dreadmore had like, you know, more, I think like a Dreadmore had like enormous floor levels. Um, but Dreadmore also had, uh, I guess more, more stuff to do in each one of them. Um, I think the pit had, there was some stuff that was interesting that I wanted like more explanation of, like there were, some some rooms that i encountered and i was playing on like noob ass easy difficulty mode because 
uh, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm just in it to see what's there. Like, I'm, I'm not trying to, you know, die a hundred times, be like, you know, the hardcore completionist, but like I was coming across like computer rooms that had like little, little like story lore bits in there. But again, it's sort of like shooting itself in its own foot for no reason. You go up to the computer terminal, A, you would need a thing to hack it. B, you would need to pass the hack check. C, like if you have, uh, there was like some other skill set that was like being able to decipher, decipher stuff. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and like the, the like, you get, you get a message that's like, oh, here's like a lore dump or like something interesting. Um, but like, unless you can decipher like a good chunk of it, it's effectively useless. And then even then, like some of those messages are a mix of like, be sure to eat, you know, drink your Ovaltine kind of things or stuff that's more of like, you know, hey, I'm the character that's at the end of the game. Like I'm leaving messages for you. You should like, here's like cool stuff. Like I want more of that. Give me more of that. But it's just like, it's like the game is going out of its way not to give you it. But again, like this might be a hindsight sort of thing of like, well, people back in 2013 didn't know any better. Um those poor fools 2013 <laughs> they had no idea uh-huh so what's interesting about the pit is october 22nd 2021 i guess i don't know is that relatively recently uh the pit 2 came out in early access and judging by judging by will's face this is not look a of disgust a strong <laughs> look of disgust now, now i want to look that up the... i mean i i went so like I knew that like the pit two was, was being released. Gosh, what was, yeah. Like some, some time ago. And my thought process was, okay, maybe they will have taken some of the learnings from this. Plus like, you know, almost like a decade's worth of like roguelike development and, you know, lessons learned and things like that. Um, and, and put it into that second one. But I'm, I'm maybe like the last person to judge a book by its cover, but I don't know that that store page is really doing itself any favors of moving, moving to a, a 3D environment, which... Oh my God, I'm looking at it right now. And I would rather play their stylized cartoon 2013 version than this. This looks bad. Is it like the Risk of Rain update? I mean, the... like <laughs> the, the Risk no, of Rain... Risk of Rain looks good. Yeah, I, I mean, I think Risk, Risk of Rain... There is a different aesthetic oh, okay. style, but uh, no, this looks like, uh, oh, you know, like something like Goat Simulator, where <laughs> See, now that's a game. Yeah, but imagine you were playing The Pit, but it was Goat Simulator graphics. It looks like no, I'm gonna say no to that one. Yeah, it. it I mean, the the graphics are just not well served. It. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like you're you're you don't need uh you don't need that much uh production value to uh or not production value, but it's it's easier to make a 2D mm -hmm. thing that looks good and has like a stylized look to it. Yeah. Uh this has somehow made everything even more generic. <laughs> and that's definitely not the way that i need this game to go the selling point yeah can i can i like i just i want to talk if i can for a moment about like a game component that i think has been more or less standardized in the modern era which mm -hmm. is this idea of uh uh you have in an intense period 
where you're doing hard things, you're clicking quickly, or you know, and then you have the town essentially. And I think uh, just as a, a game top of my off top of my head, like a Diablo sort of thing, where you're out there, you're fighting. And then like, and you're, you're collecting all this stuff and then you're overloaded, you're hurt, whatever you go back, you breathe, you upgrade, you do all your skill stuff. You make sure you're ready to go again. And then you go back out and there's this, this, that, that kind of loop where you're, you're, that's, a, a, it provides the player with a, uh, sort of a play texture. If you can imagine playing a game as a texture where it's like, it's not just one texture all the way throughout. It's like this thing, then this thing, then this thing. Whereas, so, so the, the, I think if I had to, I don't know if I'm going to summarize this as like the number one like problem with this game, but like the thing that we've been talking about here is that like every floor feels like this, every room feels like the same room. Like mm-hmm. the, the gameplay did not do a very good job of giving you the, texture the here's a, a segment here's another segment this is a shorter segment and yeah. it has a different flavor and then there's another like i want to have a seven course meal of a game instead of like one i'm i'm a hog at a <laughs> i'm just stuffing my face into this uh uh, uh i don't what do hogs yet what's the what's the i can't, I can't yeah exactly well, tr- well <laughs> truffles trough. Trough a trough that's yeah yeah a tropo truffles and uh, that's that's this game is I am just stuffing my head in that trough and uh but even something like Slay the Spire for example doesn't doesn't have and doesn't need like a a home base or a town sort of thing but, no, but it you have has the difference between the events combat. and the combats like right yeah you're, not you're, combat after combat after combat you're alternating mm-hmm. uh what your experience is um, and you get to choose too right or you I have feel like we should probably move Cogmind up further on our list of games we should play because I know Scott and I both like it and I feel like it is by a large margin the most the the game that's an actual roguelike that I've played the most and liked because I feel so much the need to compare this to Cogmind which I, I played like it. I can't. So I, know, I mean, I like, I'm happy to it. make those comparisons. I mean, I guess maybe not. I don't, I don't have nearly well, as many. Hours well, so I, I feel Con- like we should play it so that we, uh, and we should talk about it on the podcast so that we, the mm. comparisons make more sense for later games. But yeah, even in Cogmind, which is a very much a like ASCII style turn-based roguelike game with science fic, like science theme stuff. It's like mm. it's a sci-fi thing, like this game, but you have meaningful choices that you can make in that game and you do end up in like weird town areas. Yeah, You get times where it is, you get that different texture and you're going up against enemies. Like there are absolute differences in how you should respond to certain enemies. Like, I know the like, answer to this is a is a hard no from Will, but Colin, have you played Tales of Majael <laughs> before? Oh. Uh... That's installed right now. I have that icon on, like, it's there. I think probably just in preparation for a future podcast, but yeah. I think, like, so in, in the hopper that we have for traditional roguelikes like like these games uh, coming through, A, Cogmind wow, is 10 out of 10 on Steam. Like, t- uh, Tome is is quite possibly the ugliest and most fun game that I've I've ever played. Um, but it does like that's another example of a game that has like you know oh, action bits. The, to, Tome is the acronym for Tales of Majael. I yes, see. Uh, Tome. Well, well, it, it has a a very 
almost in tome length history to it, where it was originally Tales of Middle Earth and then licensing and copyright and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, it is like games like games like that have that kind of uh, narrative breakup and flow that you're talking about where, hey, you have like, you know, there's risk and reward. There's like this thing that you're going and seeing and like breaking up that kind of um, action to it where the pit, you know, is is fine. You know, it, it has a, a, a good artistic aesthetic. You're running around through basically copy-pasted uh, hallways um, and going into like small rooms to see what's in there. And it's always filled with monsters. Maybe there's some, you know... Um, ammo crate or supplies and stuff that you can kind of refuel your way uh, along in, in your quest but like where where's like the safe space for you to hide away from like all the monsters where's like your um your ability to escape from danger where's your your lore drops all that kind of stuff um that you know i'm looking through like some of the some of the games on this list when when they were released like 2015 2017 2017 2014 2020 like these are all games that have like figured that out and like what my hope would be for the pit 2 graphical style aside because i know like (laughs) i think risk of rain is maybe like the only game that i know of that has successfully pulled off a 2d to 3d transition uh with a small team specifically in this kind of genre um uh fallout Ooh, gotcha. well you know in this genre in the okay. oh era. right right okay with yeah. that i call. feel like there there were ones that did it successfully but it was like we invented 3d graphics and then we transitioned <laughs> like uh-huh. maybe slightly different studio sizes but like if the pit 2 was was like okay give me more of that kind of cartoony style i think that style works but build off on like some of those more um, well-polished and well-trodden gameplay mechanics and like game design styles that we've seen be successful. I think that would go a lot, like that would go way further than just saying, hey, here's the 3D version of the game that you didn't like before. (laughs) Yeah, well, and especially I think something, a game like this, you don't gain anything from being in three dimensions. Yeah. Like a first person shooter can't really exist in two dimensions. Like you gain, or, or, or like, you know, the, the, the classic 2D to 3D is Mario. Like Mario going to 3D. Wait, what? What? Never heard of it. Like, is that a roguelike? Yeah, the roguelike Mario. <laughs> Ma- Mario. Uh, I mean, like Mario 64 versus super mario mm-hmm. like you changed the way that the game is played because you have added a third dimension i don't think that this kind of game really has a third dimension to it it doesn't need um, it but like like I, and i can think of games that are in 3d that are the same kind of so xcom is okay. a, that was exactly is what a I was 3d game but like you could pretty much play XCOM with a top-down cartoon graphics thing, and it wouldn't change the gameplay pretty much at all. Uh, you would have to like add some things for like changing the Z layers or something. Yeah, like, you could do it. You could probably play XCOM, like the modern XCOM, on like a Super Nintendo. It could have been a Game Boy game, I think. Yeah, like 
I'm sure that there's stuff in there that's not it would be a little bit hard to get on there, but there are definitely yeah. certain games that uh we've gotten better at making the game, but I mean I and I, I'm I'm you know I know that I've talked with Will about this before. Slay the Spire, which is like Will's favorite game. Like no, it's one of five. <laughs> I don't care what you say, it's your favorite there are, game. There are five uh, 10 out of 10 games that exist in the sure. world. That's, that's mine being the other eight. I forgot oh, about God. Kenshi. Kenshi too uh is is pretty good um anyway uh you could have made slay the spire for a game boy you could have made it probably for like an an original nintendo there's nothing in it that wasn't available then we just got better at making games Mm -hmm. uh and so like i'm looking at a game like this where it came out in 2012 it could have come out in 1995. It could have been like one of those old roguelike games, like mm-hmm. the ASCII style graphics. There's nothing that. Like you've got pinball, you've got solitaire, yeah. and you've got. Uh, Sword and Stars and Pit. As yeah, the like there's nothing in the game that requires graphics or really aesthetics of any kind. Like, I guess the, <laughs> it might be hard for like the menu system, but. We've, I guess, we just got better at making games in general. Uh, One thing that I have seen from the raw data set also is that, like, the the quote unquote good games in in like the roguelike genre, like, uh, come out in big waves every so many years, and. By what I mean by that is like you have you have a like a a fundamental pillar game like an FTL or a Spelunky or um oh my god we just talked about it uh, Binding of Isaac like those kinds of like major games that come out and people are like oh my god this is amazing like I want to make a game and they become inspired but like the development process to make video games is really hard and really long and by the time that the the good ones have come out since then. Like it's been at least like two or three years since that original like major splash of a game came out. And so you see this in the data set of things like, you know, oh, here's um, a game like, you know, this is a, you know, a bad example, but like Binding of Isaac comes out and then people are like, oh my God, this is amazing. And then you have this big wave of uh, twin stick roguelike shooters that come out that are really good, like three years down the line. And something like this, like the pit, I feel like is in a a kind of pit uh, (laughs) where it has uh, not really had that kind of like um, breakthrough inspiration really to kind of like propel its game development, maybe. Is that fair to say? Like Dreadmore, Dreadmore, I would say is like, like pretty good, like funny, uh, interesting. Uh, I feel like if you haven't played a game like that, before Dreadmore is worth your time. Um, there and, were no envelopes pushed with the pit. Yeah. Um, like, it is... It, it did not break new ground. It is 100% vanilla, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Which like is surprising, because there's, like, a lot of stuff in it. It feels yeah, there's like... too it, much content for it to be only vanilla. There, it feels there, like it. It's, it's that thing that happens where adding more things doesn't actually make it less bland it just kind of like mixes all the flavor together until there's no flavor 
Yeah, you need you need like the part of your ice cream cone with the sprinkles. You need the part of your ice cream cone with like the big caramel chunk, right? Yeah. You need like the areas that and you know you can add more stuff like that, but they need to be the game needs to be chunkified a little bit. Yeah. I think is what we're getting That's, at. You know what it is? It's it's uh whatever you call this drink, the the one where you get all of the sodas from the soda machine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I grew up calling it graveyard. I think that's what we called it here, but I know people in the East Coast call it something different. Doesn't matter what sodas are on that machine. It always tastes just like weirdly vague, like sugary. Sugar carbonated water, yeah. Yeah, it just takes, it tastes bland somehow, despite the fact that you had like five or 10 different, like strongly different sodas. Like by the end, it's it's just one weird meh flavor. Whereas if you had you know, just focused on a couple of flavors here and there and just drank those, mm-hmm. it'd be delicious. There's a, there's a framework out there that it's used in business. And I hate to, I really do hate to bring, bring in like business strategy things, but this just is standing out, uh, which is this idea of the blue ocean strategy. And there's this diagram, which is like um, uh, you uh, eliminate, create, uh, reduce, and uh, what's the last one? Um, was it ERRC? So you eliminate, you... Reduce, create, uh, one of the, it doesn't matter. What I'm saying here is that the point is that like this game doesn't like create anything. It doesn't like do, it doesn't follow this process where it's creating something that's unique, mm-hmm. which is like, that's kind of the purpose of this, the blue ocean strategy is to like find something that is new and fresh. And in order to do that, you have to like take all of the roguelike games, you eliminate something all, all together. You create something new you um uh you reduce something that other people like oh and you also uh-huh. you uh, expand it, i don't remember the last raise time. eliminate reduce create is what wikipedia okay says. right right exactly and so that that framework i feel like would have helped the creators of this game and I, and I think it kind of like speaks to like what we're all trying to say here which is that this game feels very bland because it's just like, like I, colin said it's a graveyard of yeah. a, of a i dream. think it would be good if like if it broke so like the the developers kerberos i think have have kind of like dug themselves into a sort of like a franchise corner of like Maybe a pit <laughs> yeah like they're in a pit because like they they released this game and they had a bunch of dlc to it and i think the dlc is interesting but like um you know they they have like there was like another pit game that they released there was some like some other stuff in the middle but like i feel like the sort of the stars franchise that they have going like just like do something new like i think like they are they're competent developers i think like they know like how to make a game but like i don't think that this game is really like elevated by it being in that same kind of universe yeah and... i looked up after you mentioned i looked up that they, yeah they have the 4x game and it's like oh yeah a 4x game it makes sense to have like all these different species that have different things in a in a roguelike it just isn't you don't or, or like variety and like you know building multiple units and ships and yeah i mean they have a uh a the pit board game that they released in 2018 oh no that's <laughs> i mean i don't like you, you see where i'm going with this like it, i don't think like them investing more into the pit uh like franchise is really <laughs> a money pit yeah, yeah if you will <laughs> uh like if they if they did some like new new uh universe it could still be sci-fi and i thought that like you know the cartoony kind of hand-drawn graphics worked but like you know chunkify it a little bit make like here's here's like this room with a lore drop here's like 
different branching paths you can take throughout you know the uh the the gameplay loop that kind of thing things that i think people have have kind of figured out about roguelike monster zoos yeah like throwing a monster zoo or in in there too like and not have the monster zoo this is something that really kind of irritated me like <laughs> the, the the second like you go to a new floor there's like five enemies like right there right in front yes. of you yes immediately every time you got on that floor you're just surrounded mm-hmm. and like my build was not meant for being surrounded so i just that was like a hard thing for every floor yeah you can't strategize because you appear and people talk about this game like being being like unfairly hard and i don't think that that's a selling point like i'm fine with like games being like we just talked about ftl like that game is brutally hard but i feel like that game is fair enough in its hardness yeah that like it at least like you know gives you an option to say like oh shit this enemy ship is gonna like you know blast me to smithereens I'm just going to like pack up my guns and just boost out of here. Like you have no option in the pit. Like you're running out of ammo constantly. You have to worry about a a hunger timer. Like there, like these are things that I think people have kind of figured out that I'm, I'm crossing my fingers that maybe they will address in the pit too, but I'm, I'm not really holding my breath at this point. So I'm going to contrast it against something like the dark souls where dark souls brutally hard, but you can get good. And (laughs) be amazing at dark souls and you can like uh what you can run around and uh no hit kill the the last boss of elden ring well yeah you're um, leveling up your like your your uh dexterity skill to do the you know exact sequences you're learning kind of that but like they don't there's not that kind of mechanic in this game and i don't know what right but you could train your mind like Mm -hmm. you are a better slay the spire player than me because you have trained your mind to be better at it there's certain things in this game where it's just like you can't train your mind to be better at making monsters not <laughs> appear when you go down to the next level. Like that's not a choice. Mm-hmm. It's not a it's not a skill. It's not a strategy. I guess the strategy is knowing that that's true and having health Always when you go down. But being like, fully a, loaded when you go down. Yeah, that's yeah, pretty much the strategy not of the like game. A fun, that's not a fun strategy. Like I don't feel like I've exercised my mind by figuring that strategy out it's not an into the breach sort of like oh and so you're gonna appear here and so therefore i'm going to do this move to go cast me over here but that's only so that this thing can hit like that's the thing about for a tactics game or what's on the surface looks like a it's you know it's a every moment is like a i think there's what the two moments per like sort of like gameplay like yeah thing that you can do and like yeah, the tactic is you you attack and you can't run away. And running away is just not an option. There's no like, oh, I need to like get cover and like I mean like only to this most minor degree versus other games which are very much very much more based on like an actual strategy and tactics. It's like, a, like the, you the use your boss- grenade. That's your big question. Do I use my scion thing here? And it's just like it's not a very fun decision to make. Yeah. And like you can't you know, hide around a corner and wait till they run around because they like don't seem to follow you that much. Hmm. Like I was trying to like bait the robots to like come after me so that I could hit them before they hit me. It just never really worked. You know, yeah, you just like, like lay a, lay a trap, lay a mine, like retreat. Nope, that's not really a thing. Yeah, they don't come after you quite vigorously enough. Like 
the the little the little baby enemies do like the little rats and the the bats and whatnot the those robots are, the are too that, smart those they're, aren't on, the they're ones that are your game. they see through your tactics sure but i don't care about them like <laughs> like that's just like those are just ways to waste my ammo mm-hmm. they don't really do a lot of damage things that do damage are the things that i can't trick into doing anything except for like, trade blow for blow that's pretty yeah. much what it is right you just sit there and you're like okay i have made sure to reload before this engagement and now we're gonna like do this thing where it's just like ow 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 back and forth and then i win yeah i don't know it's, it's got did you do, do it looks like you're i'm not sure do you agree with that is there more yeah, strategy I mean, that was basically my strategy and this is where i think that like if if like those psionic abilities, which I thought were were cool and interesting, if those were more accessible and like easier to unlock, like, oh, like every level that you you level up, you get one of those for free and you get to pick one. Like that would be cool. And then it would help like with that kind of experimentation. I feel like that's like the thing that the game like does differently than other stuff in a very like Dreadmory style fashion of like, oh, here's here's like these cool abilities that you can do in a, in addition to like your standard attacking with like a bow or a gun or whatever but yeah like i was just i was just like you know standing like 10 10 tiles away from an enemy and like shoot with pistol move back shoot with pistol move back and like every so often i'd like open up a door and there'd be like you know three security droids in there or something lob a grenade shoot move back shoot move back and just like doing that whole thing over and over again where i'm like okay like this is this isn't really that entertaining uh and then i ran out of ammo and i'm like oh shit now what uh you gotta stab the that's great Uh, yeah but because my character was like you know super wimpy and you know a a hacker like you can't knife stuff very well you need like a computer knife or something and like it just yeah like descending down to the floor and then like okay now i'm surrounded by like five guys immediately i have no ammo i'm hungry and like okay now i'm diseased great what was like what was the or uh, optimal play there other than just getting dunked on like and this was on easy like i don't <laughs> you know i i get the draw of like playing on an insano mode but like it doesn't it's it's more like oh hooray i won by luck of the dice as opposed to my my technical thinking and i'm sure like the the hundreds of you know uh pit stands are going to listen to this and just pit stains pit stands uh, <laughs> they are, are pit stains yeah that sounds about right yeah <laughs> are listening to this just like pulling their hair out while screaming down the freeway it's like no you idiots you're like of course you're playing bad because of that but unless like unless it's made obvious in like you know the four or five yeah. hours that we were playing it like there there's other games that we have on our list here that are just going to do it better right i think that's the big problem is that it's like I'm sure that we could all have played this game much better. We could have been better and we could get good and we could grind our way through finding all the recipes, which probably helps a lot. I'm sure. I mean, if if this is the year 2000, then we would probably would have played this game incessantly because it would have been, yeah, it would have been great. And and, and even in the year year 2000, even in 2013, (laughs) it would have been, better but i still kind of strike go was, was existed still, at the time yeah why would you ever has... <laughs> no i guess it's a different genre but like I'm, just, I'm trying to imagine like what did i play yeah. back then oh yeah that was like the best game of all time back then it has to it has to be there has to be enough of a draw that i want to get good like if i'm not having fun mm-hmm. then then you're playing Dwarf want, Fortress or... Yeah, I don't want to play... I don't want to play <laughs> whoa, 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 this whoa. game more so that I can get good. 
because yeah. I don't see the point of being like winning in this game is not intrinsically valuable to me. There are other games that I could do. I'm not getting money for it. So I, I need to have fun from the start. I need to be hooked by it. If I'm not having fun on the first playthrough, I'm not having fun on the second playthrough, becoming better requires me to you need to convince me that my fifth playthrough or my 10th playthrough will be fun. And I've played games like that mm -hmm. where I'm like, yeah, this was not great, but like I can see the potential of where it would become good. And I'm willing to push through that. I mean, something like the Crusader Kings or Europa Universalis, those like insane Forex games where you're just like, uh, or Dwarf Fortress. Like I'm like, we're playing Dwarf Fortress right now. It just came out and it's, a grind to learn everything but it's like i want to because i can see how where we're going mm -hmm. and you haven't convinced me in this game that there's some place that we're going that's going to be substantially better than where well, we are the 38th floor that way when we kill or do something there then there's a one line of text that says you win <laughs> well and just like it's, it's, it's almost right? worse than that because like oh uh, do, do you I, know I, what the end looks like I looked up a video because I'm like, okay, clearly I'm not I'm not invested enough to go to the end here. Oh. Uh, but so I'm like, okay, what's what's the big payoff here? Uh, you eventually find 30th floor. You eventually find like this capsule that, um, like this this uh, basically frozen in car uh, carbonite like naked woman is in, and she's like, Ooh. I guess you know her genetic code is the thing that like will will cure all the poison or whatever. It wasn't very descriptive. But what was funny about it was, and it's just like, oh, you you found the naked lady in the chamber, the end, basically. Here's your score. Uh, and like, I was like, okay, yeah, it's got a lame ending. But what Wait, was there funny- a Huh? Oh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, well, so what was funny after that is like at the score sheet, it has like your character posing in, you know, in like a very victorious like kind of stance with like the naked like woman sort of like behind you as like, this is my trophy. I have collected the trophy to win the game. And the uh, the scout character, the the woman scout character that I was playing as, in the game's lore, that's her sister. So like at the end, when you when you see like someone with a scout victory, it's like this you know this woman like very triumphantly posing like yes I did it I conquered you know and I got like this trophy babe who's like your sister in like a like a weird like naked crouching pose behind you <laughs> uh, like oh yeah. Again, like, not really, not really going to draw me in for the end here, but uh, but I, I had a, a wow. mighty chuckle at that at least. That, that's incredible. And you're telling me that was there a boss on the the final floor, or is it like is this game completely bossless? Um, I don't I don't recall seeing a boss, but I was kind of skipping around a lot of this person's let's play. Uh, I'm sure that like in a very sort of like Dreadmorian fashion that like. You know, the further down you go, like basically every enemy becomes a boss at that point. Um, but, yeah, that's a, I mean, like, that's a whole other like thing to talk about is like that skill versus difficulty. Um, curve I'm looking, and, like, I'm looking at that. some of the other stuff that Kerberos Productions made, and so they made Sword of the Stars, the yep. first one, which is a four X game, and they made Sword of the Stars two, Lords of Winter, which is a sequel to that first one but it is a turn-based strategy real-time tactics game um and it got a ign gave it a 2.5 out of 10 uh <laughs> because it pretty, wasn't in a pit if it was in a pit it, it would between been like a yeah their the, the views are between 2.5 and 4 out of 10 
then they made this game, which is a roguelike. And they also this, made... I think is their biggest is their best success so far, I think. Yeah. Uh and just like this is and I guess they're all over the place, but it's fine if you're a studio going all over the place, but these games seem to have no true relationship to each other. The like you, you don't need to have the same theme between them. You don't need to pull the races from your Forex game into your uh into your roguelike game where you're dungeon crawling. Like, oh yes, the tie-in, the Lear, the space dolphins. You remember them from the Forex game you didn't play. <laughs> right, of course. <laughs> well, okay, so let's let's move on to rankings. Uh I think yeah. I, th- I think we have kind of a, an idea of where these games are gonna fall. Um I'll go first. I my average score so far has been like a six and a half for the games that, that we've been rating and ranking so far. And I think I'm going to like, I didn't dislike my time with sort of the stars, of the pit, but I feel like it, it, there's nothing here to really like push me to kind of come back to it. Um, so my, my objective score rating for this, I'm going to give it a 6.6 that, lands it just behind Pineapple Smash Crew and just above Din's Curse, um, where I think, like, Pineapple Smash Crew, like, you know, you're blowing stuff up. Like, there's, you know, the call to action there is very simple. Just like, hey, you're a pineapple running there to smash stuff. Din's Curse, like, uh, I didn't really like it all, but, like, (laughs) it kind of hooked me the more I went through it. Um, I think the pit, like, I like its art style. I think... You know, the once I got it running on Steam Deck, it was it was pretty decent. The tutorial, you know, I'll I'll give it props for. Um, but yeah, like you know, we just blasted it for an hour with with all of our critiques of it. Um, fix all that stuff. It'd be it'd be an eight out of ten, easy. <laughs> just do that. There, I think there is a path to repairing this game. Like I, I think it's got like a, a solid base. They just need to like get that texture built by making more variety around the pacing and that kind of stuff. So I mean, yeah. I agree. I agree with you there. Like, it it has a, a solid base. But, uh, you said you said that your average score was what out of ten? My average score so far has been a six and a half out of ten. Uh, where Realm of the Mad God is kind of dragging that down by as a sea anchor. Oh yeah, no, I'm looking at I'm seeing the same thing here. I I'm actually it looks like my average here uh is 4.4 is my <laughs> average. Uh I gave this one a 4.5. Um hey, so it's the average. average. Solidly in the middle here and uh what is that? It puts it just above um Pineapple Smash Crew, I put lower, of course. What? <laughs> no, you're wrong. Yeah, um you're wrong. And then uh, uh, what we got here is the next one above that is uh, rank three is Dungeons of Dreadmore. So yeah, it's, it's basically equivalent to, I, I I put more time into Dungeons of Dreadmore. And I think the reason is that like, there felt like there was a more call to action. I knew I wanted to defeat Dreadmore. I mean, like that, I have a goal. Right, exactly. Like that is what compelled me to play. I probably played that game for like five times as many hours as that or four times as many hours something like that just did because you go, i did you go back to dreadmore at all after we did that episode yeah no i i wanted to beat it and oh, like wow. i didn't okay. i didn't actually like i don't know we played it right after that one but like i wasn't super into it so i'm just like yeah i'll just boot this up again and like <laughs> and then i had to be like and then i was like on the forums i know a game is good when i'm in the wiki looking at like what is the meta strategy around yep. like actually beating it because i just wanted to beat it and uh 
I think, I, yeah, I think I did once with some kind of like ridiculous strategy with some DLC content or whatever. But like the point is here for this game, it's, uh, yeah, um, it's a game. And I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't recommend it's it. It's one of the games of all time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to agree with you guys on the, uh, it, I didn't like this game. I gave it, it it's, it's my number seven out of 10, the seventh, seventh worst out of 10, uh, right behind the Valley Without Wind. <laughs> so behind, there we go. Yeah, I know. We uh, talked about that beforehand, but oh my goodness. What? Um, <laughs> That's the worst game. I mean, I'm pretty sure I'm the outlier in terms of where we're ranking things. I have, I have some pretty wide discrepancies between my ranks and your ranks. Uh, but like, it did feel like it had it had the skeleton of a of a game that I could like. Uh, you give it like add some texture, you know. It's got them bones, but you've got to like get some eyeballs and some some weird meat on there and like flesh it out into something that's a little bit less generic. Um, so like I could see it becoming, or well, it's not going to, but I could have seen <laughs> it becoming a game that was more enjoyable for me to play. Um, versus something like A Valley Without Wind, which I liked more than this game, but that felt like that was a game that had too much skeleton. It was all skeleton. <laughs> you can't Robot skeletons. Yeah, like yeah, that. That's the kind of game where like you, they did try and put too much stuff in there. It's got like five skeletons all grafted together, and you probably it's probably unfixable. Uh, but no, like this game could have been, could have been good, and it gives me this is the kind of stuff where. Like, we haven't played a, a traditional roguelike that I've truly enjoyed yet. And I've, and I've, I've played Cogmine, so I know that that is a, a thing that can be had for me. Like, I can enjoy a traditional roguelike. I've done it, and we'll, we'll, we'll play it again on this podcast at some point. Um, but, like, this has the bones of, like, oh, I could see something similar to this being a game that I like. Uh, but it yeah, requires. I agree. Me too. It requires. I don't know a lot of finesse to do it right. Mm -hmm. uh, I th I think you really need to tune stuff, and I think I'll, and the procedural generation aspect of it uh, leads itself to not bespoke uh, things like that because you have to you have to balance for so many different possibilities. Yeah. It's a but, stay tuned for sure, but I think uh, Jupiter Hell, which was released relatively recently, 2021, I think, uh, that I think is is the sequel to this that we're all looking for. So We'll have to get to play that one eventually. Indeed. Uh, yeah, so if you want to get in contact with the show, grogpodzone at gmail.com. Uh, send, send us a mail about how we're so wrong about the pit, and we will... Uh, We'll, we'll read throw it you into the pit. <laughs> uh, if you if you are uh, rightly abandoning Twitter and you want to find us on, on Mastodon, grogpod at gamedev.place is where you can find us there or on the, on the web at grogpod.zone. Um, but before we go, uh, we have to give a, a preview for what our next episode will be and doing some roguelike roulette with them i have i found the dice wait are you literally what? i thought we all agreed on what game we're gonna play well, we did I, I have to do this for production value though so oh roll, just roll, roll. ruin the uh... And, uh we got uh just rolling them dice there so of <laughs> of our 
of our three games that uh, that we could have selected, uh, Fate the Traitor Soul, uh, Diablo Jr., um, Black Ice being a, a very interesting FPS uh, roguelike game, uh, very Tron-y. Um, I think we all landed on Invisible Ink as our next episode. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, that's what I want. I don't know what the dice wanted for, based on that role. That well, you the, dice, there, the but... dice figured out what three games we'd look at. Oh, right. Oh, yes. that how that Scott works? was simulating that's, yeah, that's... that. I there see. is, there I is see. randomness involved in this. It's just pre-done. No, we get to actually choose the one of three. It's, it's an SDS yeah. a card yes. pick scenario. Yeah. 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 I, don't, I don't know where my cards are packed, and I don't know how to make a card uh, riffle shuffle sound effect, but... Uh... That's but invisible. In That's air. what's up. Yeah. Yeah, it's invisible. For reference, I rolled a a one, a five, a three, and a three. So I don't know if that's good or bad for invisible ink, but we'll see. Those are d sixes. Uh, is this... yes. Yes. <laughs> like, what the hell is a d six? Oh yeah. Scott, how much DD do you have to play before uh... you roll d sixes? <laughs> of all the d one hundreds that I just rolled, yeah. Yeah. And I'll just say, like, this is a game that I just like happen to have, like, as. I was just naturally interested in it. I played through it, and I, uh, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to next time because I'll get to go back and play some of the content that I didn't get to go through, and it's uh, actually a fun game. I think. Yeah, we got to pull. Well, we got to pull that average ranking up a little bit. Yeah, this will help. All right, everyone. Well, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time for uh, Invisible. Ink.